0: Welcome to Aspire Pre-Med. I'm your host, Dr. V, and I'm glad you could join us for today's episode, The Path to Medicine Part 1. We have a lot to cover in just a few minutes. Uh, But whether you're a seasoned veteran who already applied to medical school, or you're someone on a non-medical track thinking about making a switch, my hope is that everyone can gain something from what we have for you today. Just as a friendly reminder, what I'm going to be referencing applies to the path to allopathic med schools, the training from which one receives an MD. While much of this probably applies, if you're interested in going to an osteopathic med school, I'd encourage you to find a DO mentor who is familiar with that path. So that said, let's get to it. There are many paths to med school. There is the traditional path and the non-traditional path. Um or I should say non-traditional paths, I've seen many definitions of this, but for our purposes, let's define a traditional applicant as someone who completes high school and their undergraduate years and usually right after attends med school. They completed all of their pre-med prereqs while in college, including all the coursework and the MCAT and timed everything just so, such that the following fall after their college graduation, they began med school. There are no real gaps in timing. The advantages of this path are that you know what you want, you save time, all things being equal, this moves you to your goal of being a doctor sooner, potentially earning an attending salary sooner. The possible disadvantages are that you may miss out on life and work experiences that can make you stronger as a physician. You may miss out on the chance to explore other options that may have been a better fit for you. On the other side, the non-traditional applicant took a bit more of a circuitous route. This may be someone who may have decided later on that they wanted to become a physician and so got a later start on the pre-med track, or maybe someone who after college or grad school decided they wanted to go into medicine uh, and so they enrolled in what's called a post-bacc or post-baccalaureate program so they could do the necessary coursework. Or it may apply to someone who experienced a delay in the process because they needed some kind of academic improvement. They needed to do something to turn their grades around and remediate. Or perhaps someone who took some time off after college to go on a medical mission. There are so many examples, but the point is, for the non-traditional applicant, it's not a direct path to med school. There's time taken in between to address other things. As you could guess... The advantages and disadvantages are flipped here. You may be at a disadvantage because you, quote, lost time in the sense that it's not an efficient route. You'll be older when you start as an attending physician. But you're at an advantage because you have experiences from which to draw, which will give you strength both as an applicant and as a physician. This may have also given you time to optimize your grades and application. It allows for extra time for self-reflection. After all, you really want to make sure that medicine is right for you. All in all, there are multiple paths that could lead to med school. I've worked with amazing physicians who have come from many different paths. Some went straight through, some had another career at first, and some had experiences in between. In future episodes, we're going to talk about ways to use your unique path as a platform to showcase your strengths which is what we all hope to do when applying to med school. And regardless of the path you take, all applicants need to have completed all of the necessary prereqs for med school. This includes the usual pre-med coursework, which you can talk to your school's pre-med advisor about and uh, or even reference uh, the websites of med schools you're interested in to see what you need, the MCAT, clinical and shadowing experiences, letters of recommendation, And the list goes on. After med school, which is generally four years, and those four years are part academic learning, part clinical experience, most people opt to enter training, that is, a residency program, so they can pursue their field of choice, like internal medicine, pediatrics, pathology, OB-GYN, etc. Residency programs vary in length. Let's say something like three to five years in most cases. From there, you can go on to get board certified and practice in that field, or you may opt to subspecialize in that field. For instance, let's say you wanted to treat children with cancer. You'd likely complete three years of pediatric residency, and then at least another three years of pediatric hematology oncology fellowship. There are so many possibilities, so many potential niches you could carve out for yourself, And what we'll focus on in another episode is a path not spoken about all that much. That is, pursuing a non-clinical career after med school or residency. It's a big world, and there are a lot of things you could do that can make you happy. On that note, next time, we're going to cover part two, the pros and cons of a career in medicine. This is an important one. In the meantime, if you have any topics you want to see covered, comments, feedback, funny jokes drop me a line at aspirepremed at gmail.com. That's A-S-P-I-R-E-P-R-E-M-E-D at gmail.com. I want to hear from you. I'll see you next time. Take care, everyone.